0: Everyone and welcome to Patert, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McLoyne, I'm Tom hannafin This show was brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. This month, keep an eye out for the Raspberry Bikes Shandy and the Project Haze 6 Imperial IPA. But don't forget, our official beer, the Patert IPA, is still available right now in Funk's Tap Rooms. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Bet Online is always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis. Boxing and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Pay Dirt is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shopb and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. One has the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black, and the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Paydirt word mark over the heart and on the back. Circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting. As this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10 year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.bleav.com and search paydirt for our two t shirts. I want to thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network. It's available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037 at Mcgloin QB11 and at Tom Hannafin. We are getting ready for Penn State versus Minnesota this Saturday night live on ABC at 7:30 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a whiteout game at Beaver Stadium as now number 16 Penn State looks to get back to winning against the Golden Gophers. So first off Matt, have you gotten the taste of the Michigan loss out of your mouth yet?
1: Yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to kind of moving on and um you know, Getting to this whiteout game. This is this is the perfect game to be able to bounce back from that loss on the road, Tom, right? It's not a game where let's say you're playing a Northwestern or you're playing a tough Illinois opponent, um, uh, or you're playing a tough Indiana opponent, right? It's not a game where you lose a big one on the road. Now it's back home, and it's kind of like, all right, we should be able to roll over this football team. No, you've got a very good football team coming to town. You've got a four and two football team, um, you know, a team that still has a chance to get things done in the West. It's a whiteout. The crowd's going to be electric. Um, it, it's a fantastic game to be able to rebound from and try to get back on track before you got to play the Buckeyes the following week. So th- there should be no, no down week, no lack of motivation, right? You knew how difficult of a stretch this was going to be when, when the schedule was released, when, when you're looking at it before the season started. So fully expect Penn State to be able to rebound this week, Tom. Play well. Um, make the adjustments necessary. That's what they have to be able to do right now. And for me, that's what it's more about, Rather than saying, you know, all right, Minnesota's going to do this, yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it, Tom. But as Penn State and where you're at and where you compare to this Minnesota football team, I think you're better in every phase of the game. So it's about doing what you have to do, correcting the mistakes you made on Saturday as best you can, and trying to get out with a win to be able to rebound and, and move to six and one, Tom. What I fear is that problems they've had that they had Saturday are going to carry over to this Saturday and they're going to carry over to next Saturday and they're going to carry over to the following. that's what I fear, Tom, because that's how tough, that's how mm-hmm. tough of a scheduler is moving forward. That's how difficult it is in big 10 play. And let's be honest, I'm not comparing Minnesota to Michigan, but their, their rest, their recipes for success the are same. somewhat similar. The same. So uh, certainly have their work cut out for them, but, Got to be able to bounce back, and I think they I think they can. To your point, the talent
0: disparity, much different. Uh, yeah. Michigan clearly executed on the field, much more talented team than Penn State. But this matchup, especially on paper, Penn State is deeper, more talented than Minnesota. However, you hit all, the nail on the head there is that this Minnesota team likes to run the ball and they play exceptional defense, especially against the run. So it's the same type of test (laughs) that we just dealt with with the Wolverines. So before we look forward to the game of the Golden Gophers, I know you want to look back at some of the comments from James Franklin, uh, not only from his press conference this week, but especially right after the loss to Michigan, Um, one of which was uh, James Franklin addressing the decision to not punt and pin Michigan deep when it was twenty four to seventeen in the third quarter of the loss to Michigan. What did you think about
1: those comments? I, I just thought it was strange because it didn't it didn't make sense to me, right? The the comment was it, it, punting when the score gets to that point 24 17 and the clock gets to that point, 720 remaining in the third quarter, I don't think it's going to give you the best chance of win. I, I don't am I wrong when I say I really don't understand the thought there. Oh, I agree with you entirely Bec- because they, you they went for it on
0: fourth and one in the second quarter as opposed to taking points. They and got lucky with a Ktron Tron Allen touchdown. Yeah. So the desperation was showing its ugly head in the first half. And that half. was fourth and
1: six. And that was fourth and six. Fourth and, you and, six. You. and you took the timeout. And you took the timeout, Tom. That's This one, yeah, this one was fourth and six. You took the timeout. And then you came back out and ran a play. And then, again, Quorum went 61 yards, um, if I'm remembering correctly. So... I don't understand the thought of trying to go for it and being aggressive in that moment. It's still a close game. You punt, pin them deep, force them to drive the length of the field there. Um, that didn't make much sense to me. And we talk about it a number of times on the show, Tom. You know, th- there's a place in football, there's a place in college football for the stats portion and the percentage portions of it. I get that. What does the stats say? What is historically. You know, what, what should we do in this moment, in this situation? Analytics. Yes. Quote, unquote. I, I get that part of it. And that's okay to use at certain times. But, like, there needs to be, as a coach, there needs to be that, that feeling or that characteristic or that trait, Tom, where you just you trust your gut, you trust yourself, and, and you, you, you just say, listen, not in this game, not in this atmosphere. Not with who we're playing and how they operate and how they do this, that that, that doesn't and that's not included in analytics, right? You know it's just you have to have an understanding and a feeling of the atmosphere and a feeling of how you've been playing versus how they've been playing, right? you know and Tom, listen, again, if your defense is struggling, if, if you' and they were at that point in time, the defense was struggling a little bit, but you still know how good of a defense it is in the big Ten and, and, and in the nation. Right, I mean, I think I trust my defense. I punt it. I say, listen, if you're going to drive 95 yards or 90 yards here uh, on our defense, well, then we'll tip our hat, and that's that's how we'll get beat that way. But just taking chances, and then the explanation for it for me was just kind of like it just it doesn't make sense for me. And again, we're we're used to seeing this. We're used to seeing the the, the fourth down. Let's go forward. Head scratchers, time and time again.
0: Yeah, it, it continues to happen, and I was really hopeful when they took the timeout. I was like, okay, they want to see if they, maybe they could get Michigan to jump, and now you're dealing with fourth and one or something like that. And that didn't happen. And the play that they ran on fourth and six, I believe, was a, an attempt at a corner route or something to, to Parker Washington, and it's just, again, not Sean's yeah. throw. Uh, so there's a lot Low of things to unpack with that. Um, Low percentage another throw Another thing time. I know you wanted to address was the halftime incident, or I believe it – Was it at halftime or after the game, the tunnel incident between Michigan and Penn State? I think it was after the game. Yeah, I
1: think... uh, So uh, apparently they pushed the teams uh, into the same area at the same exact time.
0: Yes. so, well, you've been, obviously, to the big house, so for those that don't know or weren't, uh, you know, but don't understand the layout of the stadium is that there's one way into the field and one way out of the field at Michigan stadium so that both teams, both locker rooms empty into the same tunnel that then goes onto the field. So apparently there was a scuffle after the game and some jaw jacking that occurred. Uh, James Franklin talked about it Tuesday in his press conference saying, uh, yeah, there needs to be something done about this by either the school or by the big 10 or NCAA, somebody just to be like, Hey, give us one minute, two minutes for one team to get in the locker room and the other team yeah. to get in the locker room. And that still has not been put in place.
1: A buffer zone. He talked about a buffer zone, yes. right? They're like, let's Michigan go in first or let Penn State go in first or whatever it may be. But for me, Tom, like to address it and to continue to address it and to continue to make a thing of it, that's <laughs> not why he lost a football game. So yeah. it's just, there's certain things that get put out in the media post game or things like that, that, you know, I, I think are ways of d- d- deflecting or trying to, take attention away from the fact of what actually happened on the field and how unprepared you were, how poor the game plan was on both sides of the ball. Um, And at the same time, Tom, win or lose and things like that, you know, as a head football coach, who's making eight and a half million dollars a year, rise above that stuff, right? Ignore it. And, you know, again, yelling, yelling back and forth at whoever he, you know, he was yelling at and things like that. And there, you gotta be able to rise above that stuff. I just thought that was a bit of a distraction. Yeah, and
0: it was something, again, Tuesday in, in Franklin's press conference, he talked about, oh, that's something I'd rather address in the off season. you know, when it's more – when you more have those opportunities to speak with the conference, speak with other schools and actually table these issues, but then he addressed it anyway, and it's just, okay, like – It's also
1: Michigan's problem. It's not Penn State's problem. Right.
0: Now now you're telling Michigan how they should run their stadium. It's like, like this is this is first of all, this is an issue that's gone on for a number of years with a number of different teams. Can you imagine how Ohio State and Michigan State have dealt with the Wolverines in that stadium and the jaw jacking that goes on? And we're not even their biggest rival. So it's like just understanding. And here's the thing, too.
1: Do you think
0: they're going to change anything? No, no, because exactly because it's a psychological advantage. Why (laughs) would you change it?
1: I wouldn't. It's like going to Iowa, Tom, and being like, "Well, the whole guest locker room, the away locker room is all pink, and you know it shouldn't be pink. You you know it should look like a normal locker room. That's part of the advantage of playing at home. That's part of going on the road and playing in a stadium like the Big House or the Horseshoe, right? Or you know, going up to East Lansing and play. It's part of the game. That's that's why you sign up to play in the Big Ten. You got to be able, again, to rise above it, but to feed off of it." Right. You know I mean? I used to love being booed in a way stadiums or people yelling at you, you know, and then that just makes that touchdown pass or, you know, that long drive or winning or, or, or going up in the third or the fourth quarter. It makes that, that so, so much more exciting time to now not hear booze, not hear anything just to hear silence. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, you know, it's. Yeah.
0: We didn't do that on Saturday. Um, We have a lot of stuff to extrapolate from James Franklin's Tuesday press conference. We will get to uh, looking ahead to this Minnesota game for sure, but there's a lot to take out of this that were uh, really interesting, revealing, and and, then head-scratching, as you put it. Uh, One of the things that James Franklin talked about on Tuesday was uh, recruiting and physically getting bigger, and because it was something that was uh, obvious in the Penn State game against Michigan, is that Michigan just... Just physically outplayed Penn State. It wasn't a scheme thing. It was just our big linemen on both sides of the ball destroyed your linemen. We imposed our will. We ran the ball. You don't need a ton of scheme to get that done. And they played solid defense. So uh, when you hear the concerns about recruiting and getting physically bigger from James Franklin, what do you think?
1: Well, yeah, that was the quote, right? He goes, "Yeah, it's all of it. We got to develop, we got to recruit, we got to get bigger. We're undersized in some spots." And for me, Tom, when I look at that, I say, "Okay, well, that's on you, James. Like, who who else is that on? It's not on anybody else but you." And again, when you embrace that CEO role, when you put yourself, nice, nice coffee mug by by the way, there. <laughs> I'm all about shilling, you know. <laughs> uh, when you when you put yourself in that CEO role, Tom. To recruit, right to help develop, to to find ways to get your guys bigger. Th- that's on you to place talent and to place guys where they fit perfectly, and then let Mike Yursich, Manny Diaz, and your 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 positional coaches bring these guys bring these guys along and develop these players. Now, somebody asked me the other day, Tom. It's like where 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 were the linebackers on Saturday afternoon? And and it's amazing to me, Tom, that we're at this point. Where we're talking about this. We're talking about Penn State being undersized in I mean, some spots.
0: I mean, it's been clear. I love Curtis Jacobs, but he's not a linebacker. Uh, if if you look at like the pro level, for instance, Curtis Jacobs is safety.
1: I, I can't. I, I just uh, being undersized at Penn State. I can't believe we're talking about that, mm-hmm. and I can't believe we're even talking about the linebacker position at Penn State. Linebacker position, O line, D line. The, the, for Penn State, that recruits itself. So either you're not paying enough attention to it, or you don't know what you're doing, or what you're looking for when it comes to those those positional groups. I get bringing in the five star guy that runs a four or three, or you know the, the the corner that can do this, or the safety, or the running backs. I get it, and I love it. But you gotta fit. You gotta fit in these other. You know. Just big players, Tom, that are Penn State type players that that were made to play at Penn State. The big linemen, you know, the 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 big linebackers who have Abdul Carter's going to be a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. He is, but there shouldn't be a down year at the linebacker spot or even at the offensive line spot in terms of talent and what guys are doing. There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be a down year there.
0: I don't know, Matt, if the concept of linebacker you matters to James Franklin. I think, I think he tries to recruit the that's best athletes. I hope he is, but I don't necessarily think that moniker means anything to him.
1: It's a great point, and that's sad because for how long have you seen year in and year out, Tom? A big-time linebacker, big-time playmaker at Penn State. Yeah, look. <laughs> it's not that parsons we're not isn't getting parsons is an incredible player
0: right it's not that yeah parsons is a perfect but example it's not that we're not he, getting them it's just not consistent
1: yeah, parsons is an incredible player tom but he's micah parsons whether he went to penn state or not agreed mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's uh to, to hear the guys need to get bigger and put on more weight and you know good weight all that stuff it's like okay this is off season stuff and and mm-hmm. granted james franklin did say that he was like yeah this is something like this is more an off-season thing like once you're into the season and you know this far better than i you're actually losing weight from the second yeah. the season you're starts. trying to maintain you can't keep on weight because you're physically exhausted you're possibly injured playing hurt so guys naturally lose 10 to 20 pounds during the season and it's just trying to keep it on is extraordinarily difficult so i uh, to address it now granted he's fielding a question from the media he's trying to give it the best answer that he can yeah. it's like okay like again just like the uh the issues that we talked about with like oh the tunnel it's like this is this is something for the off season so it's,
1: and, and normally tom like we don't pick on like the the post game press conferences oh or, i've got you know, plenty more on to, to pick on cuz i'm fed I, up but but i'm saying like it, it was just different this week you know what I mean? The message was different. I don't think the message was very good after a loss. I don't think the message is very good moving forward. Um, and again, that's why, I mean, that's why we're addressing it because it's just like, you. you great, you, you, look, you, you lost the game. You're 5-1, and one, right? There's six more games left to be played, and it starts this week against Minnesota, who's, again, very talented. And you're telling me Kirk Scirocco hasn't had this game circled since he took the job at mm. Minnesota, dying to get back at Penn State. Um you know, and, and, and going to Beaver Stadium and try to put a win together. Um, but like the, the just it's for me, the message moving forward needs to be different than what we saw post game and what we saw from the Tuesday press
0: conference. I'm glad you use the word message because I have a variety of quotes here from James Franklin from Tuesday. And this is specifically around the quarterback position, Sean Clifford and Drew Aller. Uh, Sean uh, James Franklin was asked the following question quote can you shed light on Sean Clifford's availability for Saturday and if Sean can play do you still plan on playing Drew Aller James Franklin's answer quote unless it's a season-ending injury I typically don't announce that it's Tuesday we haven't even practiced yet so it's hard for me to give you guys an answer you understand that from Franklin James went on to say quote nothing has changed at the quarterback position with the plan or the model at this stage Another member of the media went on to ask, there are a lot of people right now that would want to see Drew Aller play, media, fans, everybody. What would you say to the people that are calling for a possible quarterback change? James Franklin's answer, quote, I don't agree with that statement, everybody. I think, number one, that's the wrong message, the wrong signal. Sean has earned the right to be on the field. That doesn't mean that Drew hasn't done some good things and we'd love to get him an opportunity and continue to grow him. And continue to develop him for the future, no doubt about it. What do you think James Franklin means by that's the wrong message? Just the concept that everybody, the, the blanket grammatical point of the question was wrong. Like that, that seems ridiculous to me.
1: Well, I, I think the message, like, uh, look, for me, the message, like, you're not, you're not going to bench a kid for playing not his best football on the road. Right. In one game, look at what he did up to the point. He's done. He's done a fantastic job. He really has now Northwestern game in tough conditions. He struggled a little bit, obviously struggled on Saturday, but he's also led this team to a five and one record and a 16 record uh, ranked 16th in the country. Um, You know, now uh, they're not out of it, Tom, either. That's, that's the thing, too. Like, that's what the message should be moving forward to, not talking about developing and recruiting and getting bigger and being size. It's like, listen, we're not out of this, guys. We're 5-1. and one. We're playing a tough Minnesota team. We still have a chance to unseat Ohio State and beat Ohio State and continue to make our push in the East here and continue to win. Yeah, has the road gotten more difficult? certainly has. Have we backed ourselves into a corner with, with losing on the road to a team like Michigan? We absolutely have. But we're not out of it. We have to continue to push forward, continue to get better, continue to build, make adjustments necessary, and go out there on Saturday um, in an incredible atmosphere, an incredible whiteout game, and, and play our best football and beat Minnesota at home. That's for me, the message needs to be moving forward, right? People want Alar here because they just saw, like, we've seen a lot of Drew Alar thus far. Red shirts burned. We knew that, right? But he's played well, he's done a lot of good things. Um, extremely tough position to get put in you know, in a game like that on the road at at Michigan. Um, but sitting here today, I still do think Sean Clifford gives them the best chance to win, right? I mean, go, I, I know, I, I, here's the thing too, Tom. I know how tough it is to start your first game at home in a whiteout atmosphere because I did that against Michigan. But that was also my third year in the program. That was also a situation where, you know, my my teammates, you know, embraced me right they knew what to expect from me it was easy for me to make that adjustment because i was more than ready to play quarterbacks the only position you can be more than ready to play it's and i mean right now i just don't think Alar in the position let's say this in the position penn state is in right now time five and one they're outside looking in a little bit but but it's not it's not done yet it's not over yet um but the position that Alar's in, I, I don't think is is the best chance for them to continue to make a push in the East. I think it's Sean Clifford. Now, Tom, if we're sitting here and it's three weeks from now and let's say they get beat by Minnesota and beat by Ohio State or they beat Minnesota and then they lose to Ohio State, and then you're looking and saying, all right, well, Sean's really struggled over the past two weeks there. We, we snuck one out against Minnesota. We got beat by Ohio State. Our, our chances in the East are more than likely done. Um, maybe it is time to make that move and and see what this kid has playing from snap one through snap seventy. Can he do it? Can he continue? Um, you know, to get better week in and week out, so that everybody knows here heading into the off season, you know what, what this kid has to do to get better. Um, what he's done really well, um, but I just don't think it's the time to make that move right now. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to
0: stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to smack apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their let there be white tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver stadium, or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio state haters out there. Smack apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters plus hair gels and pomades it's one brand for every man visit maestrosclassic.com that's m-a-e-s-t-r-o-s classic.com and use our promo code paydirt15 paydirt15 at checkout for 15 percent off your order maestros classic crafting a better you i i disagree at this point now that i've seen what sean clifford has done this season and Mm -hmm. uh, i want to bring forward another quote from this press conference to explain why a member of the media ask uh, this is mike yurcich's 20th game upcoming against minnesota for james franklin as the offensive coordinator up to this point how would you evaluate his ability to adjust the game plan based on your personnel strengths and weaknesses you can read between the lines of what this guy is asking Franklin's answer I think the change in the use of our tight ends and formations and running the ball I think there are adjustments that put us in the best position to play to our strengths obviously we have to go out and execute consistently but I think there's been a pretty dramatic change I think if you look at Mike and who he's been over his career and who we are right now based on our personnel I think it's pretty significant I want to tear apart all this Mike Yursich came from Oklahoma State then went to Ohio State was gifted with very good quarterbacks who could throw the ball largely all over the yard, very good receivers and tight ends, not the best offensive lines, and then talent at running back to the point that it made more sense to run uh, a little bit more of a wide-open scheme. I'm not calling it an air raid system, but Mike Yersuch liked to throw the ball a lot more than he has been doing here at Penn State Mm -hmm. when he was at Oklahoma State and Ohio State. Doesn't that set up Drew Aller for success more than Sean Clifford?
1: Oh, no, it's a great point. Um, you know, but here's the thing, too, Tom. Like, it's not. First off, Ohio State. I I, I don't think it was all him, right? You mentioned I, the talent he I had. Completely and the coaches understand that. He had and and I and
0: agree. The talent they can get is way better than what Penn yeah. State and Oklahoma State have gotten. Completely yeah, he, he, and,
1: and you know, at Oklahoma State, even he did run the football. You know, they, they were, you know, they were probably top five or something top four, if I remember correctly, um, you know, in rushing in the Big 12. But if you're asking me, man, like Big 12 in comparison to the Big 10 week in and week out is 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 completely different. I'm a firm believer in that you got to run the football week in and week out in the Big 10. If you want to win and you want to compete with Michigan, you want to compete with Ohio State. Look at what Michigan has done over the past two seasons. When it comes to running the football, they've dominated the Big Ten. Look at what Michigan State did last year in running the football with one of the running better running backs in America and, and Kenneth Walker ran for you know two thousand 2, yards, um, and they won eleven football games. Right? In a bit, and we've talked about this is what Penn State's downfall has been is not being able to run the football. I, I get there's a place for, you know. Using the pass to set up the run and being that type of offense, but you got to be able to run the football, Tom. You got to be able to run it consistently. You have to be able to run the football when you want to run the football. And when you've got Kevon Lee, K-Tron Allen, Nick Singleton, you got to run the football. Look at Purdue. It's a good football team. It's a talented football team. They're a pass-heavy football team, right? They won nine games a year ago. They're certainly doing well this year, but there's going to come a point in time, Tom, when that run game has been, it has been tested already. For them, they couldn't run it against Penn State when they wanted to. They lost the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it, it's just, I think if Mike Yurcich is going to continue to develop as a play caller, continue to be the offensive coordinator at Penn State, continue to get the most out of some of the better running backs that the Big Ten has right now, um, he has to adapt as a play caller. He has to adapt as a coordinator. He has to adapt as a coach and say, listen, I may want to be a pass-heavy guy who wants to throw it 50 times a game and do this and do that, Um, but am I I utilizing my players in the right way? Am I getting the most out of these guys? Am I saying, Catron does this well, so I have to do this, and Nick Singleton does this well, I have to do this? Um, Right now, I got a guy in Sean Clifford who's an experienced quarterback. How do I make him play well week in and week out? That's what he has to do. It's the best coordinators that play to their players' strengths, not somebody who's just like, well, this is my offense, and if you can't run it, well, then too bad.
0: Well, that doesn't that doesn't make much sense to me. That's largely my point, is that yeah. Yersich wants to do X, but his personnel is Y, and that's yeah. kind of what James Franklin was saying, is that, oh, based on the personnel that we've attempted to provide him, getting closer to maybe what he wants in terms of personnel, that Penn State is not there yet in terms of recruiting, Obviously, second year for uh, Mike Yursich here at Penn State, uh, or third, excuse me. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's the frustration that when I look at him historically, Yursich, a quarterback like Drew Aller could set us up better for success on the field. And then to your point about the running game, the offensive line has proved that they can't hold anybody up. They, they don't do well in pass protection, that they don't do well in run blocking. So wouldn't it behoove the offense to go to some sort of style where the ball's out quickly from a, a more talented passer? I don't think it takes all that much to see Drew Aller versus Sean Clifford on the field to say, Drew Aller is a better passer. Sure. That, that's been evident very, very quickly. So wouldn't this help you? I, I understand the messaging You know that James Franklin said. It's the messaging of six-year quarterback. He's earned the right to be there. I, I get that, but it's like, an, when is enough enough? I've, I've I've seen enough of this guy. And if you're if you, if at this point you're holding out hope that you're going to win the Big 10 East, there's some delusion going on in the lash building. You're not going to beat Ohio State. You might beat Michigan uh, Minnesota. That's a winnable game. It's also a losable game. And then the rest of November, every game on that schedule is losable. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're going to, but every game remaining is 50-50 based on the stinker you just put up at Michigan.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, th- like I said, the mess, like, and that's that's what's like fun about what we're talking about right now, Tom, because, like, we're talking about the message. Like, the message should be: we're not out of it. We got to keep moving forward. We got to keep pushing. Of course, that has like, to be the message for people like you and I who are sitting here talking about the game and right. talking about what to expect. And you know, for those listening, we certainly know they're not going to be favored in the Ohio State game. I think they're favored by three, three and a half points on on this Saturday, but you don't know which Minnesota team's going to show up. Is going to be the Minnesota team for the first four weeks of the season that didn't turn it over. That they're, they they have still run the football extremely well. Um, but which team are you going to get? You are going to get the team that's run, 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 quick play action, playing RPOs, things like that. The consistent team, or you get the team that turns the football over. You don't know. Hopefully, it's the, for Penn State. Hopefully, it's a team that's going to turn the football over because if it's not. You're gonna be in a little bit of trouble Saturday night. Um, and then Ohio State's been putting up basketball like numbers versus whoever they want. So, you know, I get I, I I get the Sean Clifford versus Drew Allar, you know, thing, but but it's also for me, Tom, what I what I do go back to a lot is the mental aspect of the game and just being extremely careful of putting a kid in to a game before he's ready to be put into a game that's all you don't want this kid to you know lose confidence um you know you don't want the people around him to, to start scratching their head thinking could he do it can he do it you want full confidence you want full support knowing that listen he can take us to where we need to go in the future he is the future of the program he's a future quarterback of the program here so i mean i'm giving it a few more weeks with sean clifford right i'm letting certainly letting him start this game saturday if he's healthy um you know, and then and then moving forward. But if it's post Ohio State Tom and they've lost, they they're one and one, they're all and two, whatever it may be, then it's time.
0: Yeah. Uh let's talk briefly about <clears throat> what Minnesota brings to the table. There is a question mark uh in regards to their typical starting quarterback, Tanner Morgan, mm-hmm. who sustained uh a, a bad injury, it looked like against Illinois this past weekend, a loss at Illinois. Um, PJ Flex said earlier this week that Tanner is actually doing well uh, in his recovery. He woke up this past Sunday morning and surprisingly felt good. He was evaluated at the hospital um, in Champaign right after the game and was cleared by the medical staff to fly home with the rest of the Minnesota football team. So there is a question of whether or not Tanner Morgan is going to play. And I encourage fans to keep an eye on that throughout the week. So that means you're either going to see backup quarterback Ethan Manus, who played sparingly against the Illini, he's a four star recruit, oddly similar. Clifford Aller, it's very similar situation with Morgan to Callie Manis. You've got a guy who's been in the program six years with Morgan and the fan base is a little frustrated with, and they want to see what the young, highly touted guy is all about. Callie Ekmanis has got a lot of ability um, from a physical standpoint, but still very green as a four-star recruit. And then you've got quarterback Cole Kramer, who's also a possibility. He's been injured a bit this season, but does have experience. So the quarterback position, to your point, depending on who plays you could see I think you're still going to see a ton of play action this is going to be very very similar to what Michigan did this past weekend the offense is very very simple running back Mo Ibrahim I hope I have that correct uh, in terms of pronouncing that has 14 straight 100 yard rushing games and he had over (laughs) 150 yards rushing against Illinois which uh, going into this past weekend was the second best defense in FBS so the problems you just got done with with Michigan, yep. you're revisiting in a whiteout. How do you feel about this one?
1: This is a Minnesota football team, Tom, who has lost the last two weeks due to what their offense has done, not what their defense has done or anything like that, right? That they, they, they've turned it over multiple times and they're from interceptions. It's from Morgan turning the football over. And it's n- nothing compared to what they did throughout the first four weeks of the season where they were on cruise control, just beating teams, doing whatever they wanted offensively. Joe Ross is extremely underrated as a defensive coordinator. He's done a really good job with this defense. And, I, and it's probably because they're 4-2. and two. They've lost the past two weeks. But not enough people are talking about how good this Minnesota defense is. It's one of the better defenses in the Big Ten. It's going to be one of the better defenses that Penn State – We'll see this year. I mean, you mentioned Illinois, Tom. Illinois' defense is one of the better in America. Michigan, Ohio State, Minnesota is right there behind those guys, behind those three and how good they are. So, the, 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 again, this offense is going to have their work cut out for them. Um, you mentioned Tanner Morgan. I bet he plays. You know, th- th- this is a guy who definitely um, is a tough player. He's played a lot of football. Um, again, struggled terribly over the last two weeks versus Illinois and Purdue, not the Tanner Morgan we've, we, we, we've seen um, you know, in, in previous years um, or, or even throughout those first four weeks of the season. Mo Ibrahim is going to get his, and we know that. It is what it is. Everybody knows that. But can you contain it? That's the question, right? Contain, like, you couldn't contain a week ago. You couldn't contain Donovan Edwards. You couldn't contain Blake Corn. Everybody knew what was going to happen. What their offense was. What were they going to do? They did. They did nothing. That was unexpected. Minnesota is the same exact way. Run, run, run. Quick play, action, slant throws. They'll take shots now and then. RPOs. Um, can you prepare for it? Can you make the the adjustments, Tom? And I. This is like. You know, And don't forget about Trey Potts either. Trey Potts is a very good backup running back. He's mm-hmm. capable of doing the same exact thing Mo Ibrahim um, has been doing week in and week out. This team is going to control the clock. They're very good on third down offensively and defensively, Tom. I talked about this earlier. Problems you have on Saturday, find a way of staying with you next Saturday in the Big Ten play. And Unless you can make drastic changes in a hurry, Minnesota is going to have success using what Michigan used against you a week. Football's a copycat game, Tom, right? If, I, if, I, if I'm running a route and this guy struggles with it or that guy struggles with it and I'm watching it on a film, you better be sure that, it's that a similar concept that we have is going to be in the game plan for Saturday. We're going to see mm-hmm. if you made the adjustment or not. The way Michigan ran the football on Saturday, you know the certain schemes they used, you bet Minnesota's going to be using some of the same stuff sure. on Saturday. So can you make those deals changes in a hurry to contain this run game, to throw them off schedule and force Tanner Morgan to throw from thirds and long or second and long, um, you know, and, and force, like if it's me again, you know, and I, I forced Tanner Morgan to beat you on Saturday. They f- should have forced JJ McCarthy to beat them on Saturday.
0: And they never had the chance to do that. So we'll see which quarterback actually winds up playing for Minnesota this weekend, uh, Morgan sustained what was called an upper body injury. A lot of people suspected it was a bad concussion, but who knows? We'll, we'll. Uh, it's been yeah. kept in house, very similar to what Penn State does. Uh, to your point, Minnesota is fourth in scoring defense right now. They only allow eleven point seven points per game, and also when it comes to uh, the pass, uh, they only allow one hundred and fifty nine yards passing per game. So, if you're thinking that this is a Penn State team that might have success on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Will they have success in the air? Yeah. This feels like it's going to be another Saturday where it's tough sledding, but the big factor is that home field advantage in a wide
1: I'm glad we talked about fourth downstom too. Changing field position is something that you're going to need to really focus on and understand this Saturday. So when you're at midfield, or maybe you're creeping into plus territory, Tom, and you're like, "Yeah, 4th and 4, should we take the chance and go for it? Should we do this, especially early in the game, just punt the football?" Reserve the right to punt, punt the football, make them drive the field the way they play offense here. Don't give don't give them opportunities to have a short field. Don't hurt yourself. No self-inflicted wounds Saturday night.
0: We'll see. Um and in regards to this You know, Minnesota offense, hopefully it's make whoever is playing quarterback beat you. And like kind of like you said, load up the box, see what you can do to stop the run, Uh, play a lot more physical. Hopefully the tackling is a lot better. Hopefully that's something Manny Diaz has really pounded into the brains of his defensive players. And then I hope to see a much more aggressive Manny Diaz defense altogether we talked about. They looked a little conservative against Michigan. They just frankly didn't know what to do at different points. Um, I want to close on one last quote from James Franklin from his press conference this week, because I think it encapsulates a lot of things going into this weekend. Um, when Franklin was fielding the question about Drew Aller and everybody wants to see Drew Aller, he went on to uh, detail a story where he said this past Sunday, I got a text from Mike Gesicki, former Penn State tight end, now with the Miami Dolphins, uh, as Franklin was breaking down film. Uh, Franklin said in 2016, we lost to Michigan and played Minnesota the following week and were able to get a win. And the rest of the season went pretty well. I think there are tons of examples at Penn State and around college football where you do everything you possibly can to win the next week. I think some of those approaches aren't necessarily about winning this week. Obviously, he was referencing the Drew Auer, Sean Clifford question mark from a lot of fans. What I continue to be upset about, this guy's hanging his hat on something that happened six freaking years ago. I respect the support of his former players. Obviously, Mike Kosicki and plenty of other former players think the world of James Franklin as a person, and as a professional. That's all well and good. I'm really done hearing that. In 2016, we did some good stuff. Yeah, yep. you were 2-2 two and two after that stretch. Uh, you beat Minnesota, and you, won, you ripped off nine straight wins, and you went to the Rose Bowl, got snubbed for the college football playoff. But that was one of the most talented Penn State football teams ever fielded. And it's been six years since that happened. It's been six years since that Big Ten championship. I'm sick of hearing about it as a, oh, we did this once upon a time. And I think a lot of Penn State fans are, too. Hopefully this win, hopefully a win (laughs) against Minnesota is getting back on track this Saturday.
1: I I just expect more. I think everyone does. That's it.
0: Yeah. Uh, For those of you that are actually going, enjoy the whiteout. A little shout out our guys at smack apparel thank you for the let there be white t-shirt you can get that now on their website use our promo code paydirt for 10 percent off uh enjoy the game this saturday it's a whiteout at beaver stadium 7 30 p.m eastern live on abc number 16 penn state hosts minnesota Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at McGloin QB11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.